from the studios, teeing it up in the Swamps of Jersey in Boston, Massachusetts. This is Teeing It Up presents the Sunday Sprint for Week Two, September seventeenth, the year twenty seventeen. It's the fantasy portion of the show. We welcome in Danny Flecker. Good morning, sir. How are you, man? I'm good. Good morning. Good to talk to you. All right, here we go. We start the same way we started last week with Mr. Odell Beckham Jr. Do you think he'll play? He's listed as questionable. He seems to be a genuine game-time decision for Monday. And do you start him keeping in mind that there's an opportunity that, uh, you know, you've got a full slate of games before you get to that? Again, tough decision with Odell. I mean, he practiced on Thursday, practiced on Friday. I, I didn't see the report yesterday, but I was assuming he practiced yesterday, too. You know, you got this extra game this week. You know, last week you didn't have the Miami Tampa game, so you might have been scrambling. I think, again, if you have, like, a better option that you can throw in there, definitely do so. But, you know, if not, I'm expecting him to be out there. You know, I know he says a six to eight week injury, you know, all that nonsense, but, you know, I think if he's out there, he's going to play. He's going to see about eight, ten targets. You're hoping for a big play here and there from him, which, you know, he definitely, you know, has the skill to do. I, I have him again in one of my lineups, and I suffered greatly last week because he didn't play, but I think this week he's out there and he plays. Um. We've got Miami and Tampa, who now get to kickstart their season finally after uh, the hurricane delay last week. These guys have had an extra week. Um, first of all, Miami offensively, uh, and then Tampa offensively. Is there anybody you recommend starting who you think could be aided by the extra week? I think if you had any of those skill players, you know you're talking about guys like Jarvis Landry, Jaya. Um, James Winston, Mike Evans, Sean Jackson, Jaquiz uh, Rogers. I think if you have those guys, you know, on your team, you're, you're playing them this week. You know, the extra week is what it is at the end of the day, but both teams have some pretty favorable matchups. You know, JGI against the Chargers run defense is good. Um, Jaquiz Rogers gets a lot of volume when he's been in the Tampa lineup. Mike Evans is the number one wide receiver. James Winston, I'm sure. You have him on your teammates, your number one quarterback. I think if you got any of those guys, you got to roll with them this week, considering that they're probably your best options. And two, they had some pretty favorable matchups, you know, with Tampa against Chicago and Miami against uh, Los Angeles. Uh, let's talk about Indianapolis for a second. If you have any skilled players on the, with the Indianapolis Colts, do you dump them? Is this just a lost season? On, on those teams, you're probably looking like Frank Gore, Dante Moncrief, and uh, T.Y. Hilton. I, I still think it's too early. You know, we live in a hot take society where after just one game, everybody overreacts. I do expect if you look back at some point this season, unless they're 0-8, <laughs> you know, it's midpoint of the season and he's still not back. I think for the time being, he holds on to them for another week or two. See what you know comes out of this week. I think this week the sneaky game that Indy plays a lot better than he did last week. Uh, you might get some production from T.Y. Hilton and uh, Frank Moore this week. Um, there is always a, a, a notion in football that you can't judge things by a week. You can't judge things by just a game. Uh, who, it, it, as you look to set your lineup for today, and you looked over the slate of games, is there? Anybody who had a great week one that you said, I don't think that was real and I don't think I should suddenly make fantasy decisions based on a week? 
guy that pops to mind that was probably the most popular waiver wire ad was Tariq Cohen in Chicago. Um, granted, he had a great game, and all reports out of Chicago are that he's you know the real deal, and, and they love him. But you got to take into consideration, you know, how much were the Falcons game planning for him? Uh, how much was it that you know they were at home? Everything else like that. I think you know you had one of the better running backs in that in the league last year on that team with Jordan Howard, and he is young. I think he temper expectations a bit with with Tariq Cohen. I mean. Granted, he could end up being one of the one of the steals off the waiver wire this year, but it was one game. He had a touchdown. He had, you know, he's going to be more involved in the passing game this week. But let's just see what he does this week and next week before we everybody anoints him like the other savior for their team. Purely from a non-fantasy perspective, I think you have to give it to Kareem Hunt of, of Kansas City for what he did last Thursday, bouncing back from that early fumble, only the second in his college or NFL career, and the first carry of his NFL career to just absolutely obliterate the Patriots. Uh, do you think he's for real? And, and for those who picked up Kareem Hunt uh, this week, do you think that was a good move? Yeah, I think a lot of people drafted him, too, after the Spencer Ware injury. I know he was one of my dark horses going into the draft, but after the injury, he shot up the fourth. Yeah, he's in a friendly running back offense in Kansas City. I think he's going to be, as long as he stays healthy, a, a good bat for you. You know, that high-end running back two, maybe lower-tier running back one. You know, when the season's all said and done, if you got him, you got to roll with him. They're not playing uh, that good of a defense this week in Philly, and I'm sure that Andy Reid is one of the better offensive game planners in football. So, despite all his flaws, I expect... Kareem Hunt to get, you know, 20 to 25 touches again this week, and, you know, hopefully, you got him, you know, he's giving you 100 yards or so, all-purpose yards and touchdowns. Talking to our buddy Danny Flecking here on the this, on this Sunday Sprint about fantasy-related uh, dealings. Um, speaking of that game, the Patriots defense looked atrocious. If you have the Patriots defense, what do you do? He's not playing them this week again. The Saints are telling you that much. I mean... If you have them, you still hold on to them. They, have, they do play in the AFC East, and there'll be favorable options for you there. At home, they're always a good defense to roll with as well. It's not a favorable matchup this week against the Saints, and it's nothing to do with them. Even if they were the defense they were last year, I'm probably not playing them uh, against the Saints in New Orleans. It's just, you get, when you look at the pads, you got to look at situational things that happen, you know, a couple of coverages. Um, a lot of turnover they had at the end of the preseason with the, with the defensive players they brought in. I can expect with 10 days of preparation that that defense will be much better prepared to, to handle what the Saints have to offer. You know, you can't ride off a, a Bill Belichick coach team. So, granted, it was a bad performance week one. I'm still high on the pass overall for the season. And if you got them this week, you know, fetch them. Uh, I'm sure there's better streaming options you can go with out there. If you, you know, look at Oakland, they got the Jets, or Baltimore is available in a lot of leagues. I guess Cleveland at home. Um, you know, even if you have a team like, you know, the Giants out there, you know, defensively, you know, you can roll with them this week, but for the Pats this week, maybe you take, you know, the breaks off a little bit this week, and then look at some other matches they might have. You know, they have the Texans coming. Next week, the New England, you know, like I said, the Jets and the Bills and the Dolphins, they play those teams, so if you had them, I'd still keep them. 
Um, let's let's talk about the Baltimore defense for a second. The Baltimore defense really surprised some people with a strong Week One performance that I think showed that maybe these old Baltimore teams they obviously beat Cincinnati twenty to nothing, and Andy Dalton looked horrible. And obviously the Bengals now fired their offensive coordinator, uh, which we'll get to in a second. But th- this Ravens defense looks like it could be the old Ray Lewis style defense. Do you believe they're for real? I mean, they have always had strong defenses in Baltimore. Even last year when they were five and eleven or six and ten, whatever their record was, they had a strong football defense. Maybe from a fantasy perspective, they weren't giving you everything you wanted on that end. Um, I temper expectations just because of this slate. You know, they played Cincinnati, which we saw on Thursday night, even though it was a short week. Looked like looked like garbage with Andy Dalton back there. Um, you know, you're playing a rookie quarterback this week in Baltimore. Definitely play them. If you have them, you got to play them. It's a favorable matchup for them. But as far as being an elite fantasy defense, an elite NFL defense, let's wait and see when they play You know, higher caliber offenses and if they can still produce, you know, those five sacks and four turnovers. I mean, that's a, a great game. And last week's defense is ranked supreme. So, again, with the defenses, I like to string them, match them up with the, the teams I think they can, you know, do well against and then and then go from there. But I'm not going to anoint Baltimore as, you know, number one defense in the league anytime soon. All right, two more. Number one going into this week, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, and, and I guess part of Monday, too, if you had any Bengal skill players like A.J. Green, like Andy Dalton, they've looked horrible, they find their offensive coordinator, what do you do? You keep them. you got to keep them. I mean, A.J. Green's the number one wide receiver. You saw what he could do when they gave him the ball on Thursday night. Um, I expect him to get more attention in the offense, you know, moving forward. Joe Mixon, you know, they were, for some reason, kept rotating their backs. You know, they got to pick one, and I think it's going to be Joe Mixon to carry them the rest of the way. You have Andy Dalton. Yeah, I would drop him. Um, but as far as everybody else, like Eifert, uh, Mixon, A.J. Green, those guys, I, I keep them. They, they're number one options at their position, so you got to keep them and, and hope they turn it around. Again, it's only been two weeks. And finally, who do you like this week and who do you not like this week? Rogers, you know, use him the next two weeks and then dump him because Martin will be back. 
Thank you, sir. We appreciate it. Uh, no problem, man. That's the fantasy portion of the Sunday Sprint for Week 2 in the National Football League. Now, we welcome in from Daytona Beach, Florida, Mr. Luke Morrow, the voice of Stetson Football and Men's Basketball. Hello, sir. Morning. You ready to sprint? I am so ready to sprint I, towards the 1 o'clock kickoffs. I said, are you ready to sprint? I can't wait. Okay, that's good to know. Um, first of all, did you like the speed of the games last week? Um, yeah, I think so. I know they had said uh, quite a few finished under three hours. Uh, I didn't have an issue with any of them. I never really had a problem with the NFL games. The college football games, to me, that take way too long. Well, yes, there was a, a sequence in uh, the UCLA uh, uh, game yesterday that had a review that went too long, so they went to commercial. Then a timeout coming out of the review, one play, and then the end of the quarter. It took about two hours. The college football games are more frequently four hours long than, than three hours these days. Um, and, you know, I was falling asleep on the couch last night trying to watch the end of that USC game that was taking forever. But yes. uh, the NFL, I, I have no problem with. I will say that split screen during commercials I think is a waste it's just uh, eye wash um, I, if they're just going to show me an aerial shot of the stadium I'd rather just watch the commercial on the full screen well I like split screens during reviews it gives me more time and, and, and it means I don't have to go inside my DVR to slow it up during a commercial and time it coming back well, that's fair as long as they show you something worthwhile but when they show just these aerial shots or like just the coach walking on the sideline I don't care about that just you don't like coaches pacing the sidelines Luke no who cares unless he's like yelling at somebody or flipping the bird to the camera like Marshawn Lynch who cares alright let's do this we got uh, first up we got Viking Steelers on the Sunday Sprint uh and right now at 11.08, we don't know if Sam Bradford's going to play. He did not do much in the early workout. He told an NFL producer last night he thought he was going to play, but unknown. What's your thoughts? My guess is that he will not play, which is the most Vikings thing and Sam Bradford thing ever. Yes. This poor guy, this was only the second season of his career that he's not coming off an injury. And uh, apparently it's... um. A hangover from his two uh, ACL surgeries that he now has the swelling in that same left knee. But for the Vikings to get the career game from Bradford last week where he looked phenomenal and then to potentially not have him this week. The Vikings haven't had a quarterback, just to allow me to vent here for a moment. The sure. Vikings haven't had a quarterback start back-to-back -back full seasons since 1973. What? Bradford, what? What? Yeah. What? 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 That's right, without missing the game or something. A quarterback has not started two full seasons back-to-back -back since Fran Tarkenton in the 70s. And let and me stop you there. Tomorrow night is Eli Manning's 200th consecutive start. Yeah, exactly, to put it in perspective. Additionally, uh, one other tidbit to put it in perspective, if Sam Bradford were to start all 16 games this year, he would have the third longest streak in Vikings history in less than two seasons. So... As a Vikings fan, it's just incredibly frustrating that you can't even blame the Vikings. No matter what they do, they just haven't been able to find consistency at the quarterback position. And if Case Keenum has to play today, it is going to be quite the uphill battle for the Vikings to go into Pittsburgh, beat that offense and the Steelers. And Case Keenum, uh, according to Ian Rappaport, is looking like a starting quarterback right now as he begins 
his warm-up. Um, let's, uh, let's dive into this game. Pittsburgh didn't look great last week, but they did enough to get the victory and move on. What's your thoughts on this game? Uh, well, for the Steelers, you know, last week, Le'Veon Bell looked uh, rusty for a guy who missed all of uh, preseason and training camp. Uh, Martavius Bryant looked a little bit rusty coming back from the suspension. So as the season goes on, that offense will get better. But for Mike Zimmer, he has faced Ben Roethlisberger more than any other quarterback. This will be a 14th matchup coming from that division. And he has held the Steelers in those games against Roethlisberger to, I believe, an average of 12 points. So he's done very well against Roethlisberger. Big Ben has uh, uh, pedestrian numbers against Zimmer defenses. So hopefully that can be the case again today. But they'll need Xavier Rose and Anthony Barr each to play. Those two are questionable. And then offensively, you'd like to have Bradford out there because the Steelers' secondary has the opportunity to be exploited deep. But with Case Keenum in there, he doesn't have the strongest arm, not the best downfield thrower, and obviously not nearly as good as Bradford. So they may not be able to take advantage of those opportunities downfield against a very aggressive Steelers defense. So with Bradford, if he's 100% or at least close to it, I think the Vikings could certainly win this game on the road with Keenum. I put the chances very well. Um, it's interesting. The Steelers, you know, Le'Veon Bell just steps out, doesn't do any of training camp, and looks basically okay. It's amazing what these running backs can do. Um, AP hasn't played in the preseason since when? 1846. These guys just <laughs> don't do it, and they and they look great in week one. The one thing with Bell, though, is uh, the whole running style there is dependent on patience, um, finding the, the, the crease, the, the opening block, allowing your offensive linemen to, to do the work for first and then go where they take you. And so I think the timing was a little bit off last week, and that's something that will, will come to them as the season moves along, getting back to the Le'Veon Bell we're used to seeing, because he really didn't do much against the Browns last week. And hopefully for the Vikings case, you know, they're still a little bit rusty or still uh, uh, not on the same page quite. Um, today to, to help out the Vikings defense a little bit against all these weapons. The Jets and the Raiders will play at 4:05 in a game that very little of America will see, and that's a good thing because the Jets are going to lose this game, Luke, 43 to three. The Jets defense looked atrocious last week. I don't know if they're going to try. Muhammad Wilkerson has not been the same player uh, since his injury. Um, and I believe the Raiders are the real deal. They impressed me. Marshawn Lynch was a great acquisition. They impressed me against. Tennessee, and I believe this is the start of a run to the AFC Championship game for them. I've said it since the summer, and I believe the Jets will be 0-2 when my dad and I walk in MetLife Stadium next Sunday. Ooh! Uh, The only thing for me in this game is just that the Jets can keep it competitive. Uh, You know, that's all for me. Uh, Why why do you even care about this game? Why do you want it to be competitive? I don't care at all. Oh, I thought you had fantasy implications. I don't think I have any players on either of these teams anyway, so I couldn't care less. I certainly don't have any Jets players, so I'm here if they get blown out. But uh, I'm saying just for their sake, to try to keep things competitive. If you get blown out, they're a two-touchdown underdog for good reason um, in this season. That should feature very few wins for the Jets. Uh, at least stay competitive. It'll be very interesting to see um, how this works out, because at the end of the day... Um, I, and I've said this for years, at the end of the day, uh, the Jets need a tank. And last Sunday was the most uncomfortable I've ever been watching a Jet game. I didn't know what to root for. I, I'm, I'm a positive guy. I hate negative outcomes. It was very weird. And 
yeah, what happened last Sunday is perfect. And if the Jets duplicate that all season, they will get the number one pick. But it's just weird, Luke. It's a weird vibe. Unfortunately, as a Vikings fan, I, I, oddly enough, I've never really been in this situation other than the end of 2011 when we were uh, uh, in that race for sucking for luck. Um, <laughs> and it's a very weird situation because really the best case scenario is to probably lose those games. But as a fan, I just couldn't bring myself to root against them to lose. I still wanted them to win. And then it was a win-win. If they won, I was still happy. And if they lost, well, now they get a better draft pick. So it's a, it's a weird situation, especially to have that play out over the full course of the season. Because of um, the way the NFL TV schedule works, more of the country is getting this game than I thought. Uh, the the Philly New York markets are getting it. Pittsburgh's getting it. Indianapolis is getting it. Chicago, Kansas City, um, <clears throat> all of Utah, all of Nevada, S- uh, Southern Oregon, um, a lot of of Arizona, and all of Northern and Central California. Have fun watching that game, folks. It's going to be very entertaining. Uh, as you go through it. The Pats are facing the Saints in a game um, <clears throat> where the Saints need to give Adrian Peterson the ball or I think he may quit. And the Pats defense needs to actually show up against a team that is known for shootouts. Interesting game. It is. But to me, the Patriots coming off an embarrassment at home, opening night, national TV, now have 10 games to get ready for the Saints. Uh, I don't think this is a game that they will lose. The defense looks terrible. Uh, they're going to have to do a better job against Drew Brees. But this Saints team, to me, looks destined for another 7-9 season. It wasn't very impressive them last week, including that offense with Brees now without uh, probably his two top weapons from a year ago. Adrian Peterson should be traded to the Cardinals. Uh, he has no business being that Saints offense. That's and true. for the Patriots, Patriots are going up against the Saints defense that will be starting, most likely, once again, four rookies, including two in the secondary. So Tom Brady should have a much better game than we saw last week. You know, a lot of people think that a, um, Adrian Peterson could end up on the Giants. I've heard that, too. The Giants came out publicly in the offseason, so they weren't interested. But, you know, them, and they probably seem to be a better fit than the Cardinals. There's very few teams that Peterson actually fits into these days because uh, his his um, willingness is so limited. He can't pass block, he can't catch, and he doesn't like to run out of the shotgun. I mean, he's a... He's a uh, old-school football player now can only run out of uh, one of the quarterbacks into the center. He's really only a one or two down back, so there's very few teams that can actually take advantage of his skills at this point. Yeah, it's a very interesting situation when you talk about um, um, AP. Uh, next up for us is Dallas-Denver, um, which is a game of great defense versus a great Dallas offense, but the other side of the ball, the Denver offense versus the Dallas defense, could be where Denver makes their hay because this Dallas defense is not as good as it was last year. No, it isn't. And uh, But just stop right there for a second, Luke. I do want to point out, I think they looked better than they really are last week because the Giants offense was just inept. Yeah, 100%. I mean, you should give some credit to the, uh, to the Cowboys, but the Giants were... Uh, atrocious, and they, they're going to have to play a lot better um, tomorrow night to ease many minds. But, uh, you know, in this matchup for, for the Broncos, they did a good job against the run game of San Diego last week, but that's kind of a fraction of what they're going to have to deal with today. So they, they got some injuries up front, but they do have still a good defense, and if they can slow down Ezekiel Elliott, I mean, that's, that's the name of the game to, to giving yourself a chance against the Cowboys. And 
uh, let Dak Prescott try to beat you. He didn't let you shock last week either, and then hopefully Simeon can make enough plays uh, like he did the other night. Yes, sir. And finally, Green Bay, Atlanta, opening up the new Mercedes-Benz Stadium for the Falcons. It's already hosted two um, college football games plus a soccer game. Uh, the roof will be open. First time it'll be open for an event there. Um, interesting game. Falcons looked really impressive last week. I, you know, we only have one week to go off. Of. Yes. So if we're going off the last week, I think it's going to be a big win for the Packers. Um, interesting. I wasn't, too, I wasn't too impressed with the Falcons. And, you know, the Packers look good, but I think just like the Cowboys, a lot of that had to do with the Seahawks' inability to do anything, especially that offensive line. So uh, Green Bay going back to Atlanta where they got embarrassed last year, I think, Rodgers will get some revenge, unfortunately, and I think the Packers will be the team coming out of their 2 0. It's interesting. The Falcons' defense was the weaker of their two sides of the ball last week. I wonder if that plays into it, too. Well, they better hope it doesn't going up against uh, that quarterback. Yes, it does. All right, we got to move to the end of our radio program. Luke, your game of the day is. Uh, I think I got to say that one Packers Falcons. Uh, for me, Saints um, Pats. It's a fascinating game. Your sleeper game. Sleeper game, Eagles, Chiefs, I'll say. Okay. Uh, sleeper game for me, uh, I, I, I forgot to look this over. I'll look it over right now. Uh, D- Detroit Giants, we'll say. Um, your game to watch the final round of the BMW Championship during where Mark Leishman has a five-shot lead. I'll go with Cardinals, Colts. Um, uh, Jacoby Brissett may not even be the worst quarterback in that game. Yes, and by the way, that's also my Survivor game, so I, 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 I double up there. I have a feeling your Survivor game may be my Jets. <laughs> uh, i got to take the easy money. Let's go Raiders. Uh, and finally, your player to watch. I, I'll say Eli Manning. We didn't talk about that game, but he looked terrible once again the other night. He's got to get things figured out with that offense, especially if Beckham's on line. I thought you might go that way. Um I'm not going to go that way, though. I'm going to go Tom Brady. I think this could be a game where Tom Brady just shows that he's himself and just goes nuts. I certainly see it coming. Uh, which a lot of teams have seen over the years. Uh, really quick, do you think Sean Payton AP becomes a thing long-term, or do you think this gets all worked out? Uh, no, I can see it being a drama all year. Uh, that's something that has followed Peterson uh, certainly over the past few years. And really quick, 20 seconds, Mort's reporting that Jerry Jones is trying to hold up Roger Goodell's contract extension. Think that actually becomes an impediment long-term? Uh, I could see it, but I think in the, at the end of the day, he will get a contract extension. I think he has more fans from the owners than people who dislike him, especially after he did with the CBA last time, and they're going to want him under contract for the next CBA negotiations because of how well of a job he did. Thank you, Luke. We'll see you next Sunday, and enjoy your football Sunday, everybody.